Developing the Leader Within is a podcast that focuses on leadership, management, and career development. We nosedive into the areas that are holding you back from your full potential. Let us begin. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Developing the Leader Within podcast. Today, I am here with a, a favorite of mine. I, I just got to say it, right? Charlinda Scales, uh, she is the CEO, the founder of Mutt's Sauce. Uh, you see we're sporting the shirt. I got a bottle right here, <laughs> which is uh, so uh, so delicious. And I, I, I implore everybody to get, go get some. So, uh, Charlinda, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, I really appreciate not only uh, your service uh, and uh, what you've done for our nation, but also for taking on a legacy, right, uh, of your grandfather and making it something that we all get to enjoy now, uh, which is a blessing to us. So thank you, Charlinda, for being with us. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, uh, at when... I met you back when uh, Mick Orlando was going on. It was the uh, the very first time that uh, the Mick uh, the military influencer conference was uh, here in Orlando. I was fortunate to work on some angles of getting that uh, you know populated out here and distributed. Uh, but uh, it was so nice to meet you there and all of the veterpreneurs right because that's what the, that's what it is there's veterans that are on the entrepreneurship route was gathering together and uh, teaching other veterans and other folks on how to go down that journey uh smartly uh with due diligence and and eventually get on the other side of the you know of the lucrative side of entrepreneurship and uh i want to just entertain a couple of things with you, uh, but mainly your service. Uh, I've served, you serve, you are still serving. <laughs> I'm sure you talk about that, but um, just want to talk about your service. Uh, give us a little glimpse of how that was. Sure. Well, first of all, Enrique, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. This is, um, I'm really glad you're in the family now. You've joined the Mutt Sauce family, and it is about service. I'm a fourth generation uh, veteran, so my family has served in every branch except for the Coast Guard, but I tell them we're still recruiting. I mean, even if I got to throw my son in there, we'll have a Coastie. But um, a service was a big deal in my family. My grandfather was a Korean Vietnam War veteran, and I, I didn't have military aspirations growing up. I respected the service of our family. My cousins, I had two older cousins. Uh, one went into the Marine Corps. So I thought for my generation, he had like checked the block for us. And uh, he went out to Paris Island, graduated with honors, went to his first assignment and he got hurt really bad in the cold weather training and got sent um, medically DQ'd. So, um, at that point, I think, you know, if you served one day, you served. That was my philosophy. My granddad comes from a different generation. And in his mind, he was like, no, you got to retire. <laughs> He's like, who's next? So me and my cousin, my other cousin, were sitting there like, um, rock, paper, scissors. 
Um, but I just happened to be sitting in a, a class in, in high school and this kid was filling out an ROTC scholarship, which I really didn't understand the difference between ROTC and just enlisting. I filled it out and I passed my guidance counselor in the hallway and she asked me what it was. And I told her it was like some scholarship. I don't know. I wanted to play sports and I tore my ACL the very first game of the season. So I was out. Hopefully good grades is going to take me there. Um, and all the community service that I did. But apparently that's really good for Air Force scholarship. And uh, they called me one day, asked me to do an interview. I still didn't realize it was a scholarship interview. I just shrugged it off and we got the invite at the end of the year uh, to talk about going into the service or awards one. And I found out that I got a full ride to any college I wanted to go to. And I just owed four years. So I was like, what? <laughs> I, you know, sign me up. Sign me up. And uh, my granddad, hearing that, uh, you know, it was a, I didn't realize the impact that it had on him when I told him that, yeah, I have to go in. I'll be a, I'll be a second lieutenant. And his eyes were, were really big. He's like, a what? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. A second lieutenant, is that good? And he's like, that's what? <laughs> you know, he just lost it. Because, you know, back then, to for to achieve a rank even like that was simply almost unattainable for you know black men so i uh, i went through the whole program i commissioned and he was the first person to salute me so I'm, i'm just really glad that i have that memory with him uh he had passed away from cancer so he was really really sick at my graduation and i was just I was glad that he was alive to even witness it, but for him to be a part of it, um, you know, I'll always be grateful. Yeah, that's beautiful. And uh, for a family that has that type of heritage, military service, I know that he was just uh, plum tickled about how, you know, when his eyes told it all, right? Uh, Yeah. That that you would uh, attain such a height in your life, him knowing and seeing how hard it was throughout his life. And so, yeah, I, I, that's, uh, I, that's beautiful. And, and so you're talking about uh, grandpa, granddaddy. Um, I, I, you know, I have the, his picture right here. And yeah, uh, I, I, I think this is just uh, one of the greatest things uh, you could have done as a granddaughter. Uh, one of the greatest things anyone could do to highlight their family member that uh, they love and cherish and take something that he created and, you know, you make it work for you, for your entire family now. And it, and it's amazing how mm-hmm. people don't think about that type of stuff. And for those out there that got grandma's cookbook, y'all better start, <laughs> y'all better start <laughs> churning it up. <laughs> but, I, uh, all it is uh, is whatever value you perceive it to have it becomes what you perceive it to be. There, there's power in that. It's, really it's a, yeah, I, I, and I love that, the uh, the honor that you are paying uh, him. And so let's, let's talk about him for a little bit. Uh, I'm sure you have some fond memories. Uh, it's not only the recipe, right? It's, it's what he meant to you. And that's what I take every time I see the bottle, every time I look at the shirt, uh, I remember him. And I, I didn't even meet, meet him, right? So... <laughs> So, so that's, that's pretty cool. So let's talk about, uh, uh, you know, grandpa here for a little bit. 
Yeah, so his name is Charlie Farrell Jr. Uh, he's a country boy from the hills of Tennessee. And growing up, uh, I, I lived with him and my grandmother. It was like 10 of us in a little country house in Tennessee. So um, it's different living with your grandparents, living in a multi-generational home because you're influenced by all of them. But him being a retired veteran, uh, my afternoons and mornings were spent listening to him and his experiences in the war. So, you know, I don't know if you've ever met those rural veterans. They all have war stories, but that was like a daily thing like right, right. Fruity, let me tell you about this time let me tell you about when I climbed on this plane and and when you're like five and six and you're hearing all this stuff it doesn't really resonate that this is kind of therapy mm -hmm. you know they didn't have all these programs for Vietnam vets with therapy and PTSD and trauma that they experienced uh, in war so him talking it out you know, I perceive it now as like, this was his therapy, just walking with a five-year-old in the countryside, just downloading life. And uh, I just respected him so much. You could tell that he, he had a career where he worked really hard and he was solely focused on how do I do the best job I can to take care of my whole lineage, not just my kids, but my kids' kids. I'll do that too. And um, he had five children of his own. Him and my grandmother, Joyce Jean, had their five kids. And he's served over 20-something years, I think 26 years. And he was an aircraft mechanic. So he worked on aircraft. And um, he was also passionate about sauce. So that's how we got to, to where we're at now. Back in 1956, he had made that recipe. He was not a fan of condiments. He thought people were wasteful. Mm. He's like, you waste, you got a fridge full of condiments and you don't even use half of them. Half of them are expired. They're just there. But he wanted to make something he thought was super practical that he knew he would use all the time, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. So it was just a main staple in the house. It was in a mason jar. It didn't have a name. But his call sign uh, from Korean Vietnam was mutt. So when I was trying to hash out this idea of Finally, I'm going to bottle it. I was asking family members what I should call it. And my uncle, he's like, well, they called it mutt. Maybe you just call it, you know, mutt sauce. I was like, oh, mutt sauce. There you go. So the, the sauce for everything was a man who got his call sign because he adapted so easily. Uh, that was his personality. So um, I decided to name it after him. And, and it keeps me humble because I didn't come up with this recipe. This was his passion project. And I respect right. any entrepreneur because when you have an idea or an invention and you have toiled probably hundreds of times to get it right, you know, the credit goes to you. That's why my face is my name is not on that bottle because I didn't do that work. I wasn't in the kitchen trying over and over and over to get this right. That was, that was all his work. Right. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, and, and just another, you know, a testament uh, to, uh, to the person that you are uh, and, uh, and you're honoring him. So that's, uh, yeah, I, I was fortunate, uh, had uh, my great grandfather uh, alive when I was growing up. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember sitting down, uh, he, he was blind uh, just because of diabetes. He, he, he went blind, but 
the man could talk. And if you had an ear, <laughs> he'd chew it off. Oh, but uh, but I love sitting at his, you know, at his side and just listening to uh, when they used to uh, trade cattle and sheep and <laughs> because that's what the money was. <laughs> and so so it was it was nice. So I'm happy that you were able to to have that yourself. Um, so you started this this thing, and now you're in entrepreneurship. Uh, Talk to me about that. <laughs> Talk to me about that. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so I was on active duty. I was doing my thing. I was at um, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. I'm still here in Ohio. But it was my, um, next to my last duty assignment, and I was eating some food, and all of a sudden, I was just thinking, man, my grandfather has already passed. He'd been gone for eight years, but it just dawned on me that I've been eating all this food and it's boring and flavorless because it's missing sauce. Like I eat it all the time. So I called my mom and I asked her, you know, what, why did he not leave this to anybody? I just assumed that he had left it to one of his sons or, you know, maybe my mom and, you know, and they just didn't talk about it. You know, it, you know, when you're grieving, you're not talking about who gets right. what. So uh, I said, who got the recipe, by the way? And she said, well, whenever you come home again, we'll, we're going to have a chat. I said, okay. So when I came home, she handed me an envelope. And she said, before your granddad passed away, he asked me to hand you something. And so I opened it and it was a hand, it was his handwriting. I could tell it was his handwriting. It was the, the recipe. And she said he only wrote it down one time, then he asked me to give it to you. Wow. So I'm just sitting there like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> you know, she said, you didn't give you instructions. You tell me whatever you want to do with it. Shelve it, put it in a safe. I don't know. It's yours. Wow. And I, I asked her why it took her eight years. And she said it was just, she realized when she opened it that, you know, this is the most significant thing, not money or any of his old cars or any of that that wasn't the valuable stuff she said this was valuable and she just didn't know how to have the conversation with her brothers and sisters so she didn't say anything <laughs> i was like she's like she just didn't say anything and waited for the first person to ask about it and she's like how funny is it the first person to ask about it is you meant to be <laughs> amazing so so you get this recipe uh you know, you, you're talking about it. I'm thinking that's an envelope full of gold. That's, that's what that was, right? Uh, not only what was uh, near and dear to his heart or something that he put his passion in uh, to see the smiles on the faces of the family members, but now he picked uh, a successor. That's what it is. <laughs> and uh, When you think about it, you're, I said, I'm going to spend the probably the rest of my life trying to figure out. And then I think that everything I've done up until this point is me trying to figure out what am I supposed to do with this? I'm just going to keep doing until there's nothing left, left to do. Um, I, I went to Google and I Googled uh, mentorship, free mentorship, because I, I, didn't know, I didn't know what direction to take. And I went to SCORE, so the organization SCORE, um, you can go on score.org and find a chapter in your city. And I set up a session and the man that I met, his name was John Suter. And he said that you're not thinking big enough because I wanted to just make a couple 
for friends and family and I wanted to learn how to can. I was like, how do I can this and maybe like make a hundred and give them the friends and family? He's like, what is your goal? I said, I want to take care of my family. He said, then you need to think bigger than that. Mm -hmm. This can be a whole company. I'm like, what? You know, so how? So he gave me a checklist and he's like, military people love checklists. So I'm going to give you a checklist. And uh, we'll move at the speed of determination is what he told me. And Look at that. I was like, well, how fast is that? He's like, are you determined to do this? And however determined you are is how fast <laughs> it's going to happen. So he also found me a peer mentor. So someone in the food industry who was local and he thought, you know, was successful enough to give me some guidance. And there was a local salsa company. Uh, her name was Peggy and she was in a lot of grocery stores and she said, I'm going to show you how to take this piece of paper and make a product and get it in a store. Even if it's a mom and pop, she's like, we're going to get you on the shelf just so you can get the confidence to know that you can do it. Right. And that was four months from the time I met John and Peggy to our first production. Right. And uh, that was in 2013. Our first production was co-packaged contract packaging. That's where you pay someone to make it, um, they quote you a per bottle price and you just pay that out and they send you a pallet or however many um, boxes that you've ordered. And uh, it was hand poured by the Amish. So the Amish uh, hand poured our first 700 bottles. It wasn't the, it wasn't the image that I thought, you know, I was thinking like the fully automated mm -hmm. machines, like a hundred a minute, now I was thinking about that and I walked in and there was like all these bottles and this big picture and this little girl who looked like she was 12 in a kettle. I was like, what is going on? Peggy just, I just trusted her and I booked it. So when I walked in, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> but you know, the quality, it was perfect. And to, to know that mutt sauce has a very unique, sweet and tangy taste and smell like to walk in and you can smell the sauce, like the very distinctive aroma um, cooking in this giant kettle. I just, I was like, this is beyond my wildest dream to be able to make this happen. So I invited my uncle and that's how the family is involved. Um, all of his children, I call quality control. So I actually made them a contract where if I do a new production, one of them is there to taste it because they've been eating it longer than me. So they sign off on the flavor. And then uh, if they're independent, they're also independent contractors. So if they need summer jobs, any of the kids need summer jobs, they can work um, as a sales rep. So the family's still involved, but they, my uncle showed up and he's a chef and he taste tested the first batch. So I have to standing. It's a family ordeal. It's a family definitely a family business that is so nice um you know you you, you talk about the entrepreneurship plunge and uh it, it really is you just don't know where to start and uh you could have a you know a gold mine uh in a bottle uh and you just don't know and so i i really appreciate uh entities like score uh the you know the the local business um entrepreneurship uh, programs that they may have uh, and through the, you know, chamber of commerce or what have you. Uh, but thank goodness you, you ran into the right people uh, at the right time. Uh, and it, you know, sometimes you, you, you pray for things to, to fall in your lap and uh, they come by pieces, right? It's not just one thing. It comes by pieces. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy that you were able to to uh, score. No pun intended on that one, but <laughs> <laughs> score the uh, you know the the actual happenings all coming together to support your dream. So so you 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 start down this route, and then you run into Bob Evans Farms. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was. I I I, I saw that. Uh, uh, that's funny because I had I had wrote you. Uh, so we connected on LinkedIn as well. So I, I wrote you, I, I sent you a picture. I said, look who I found in the grocery store in the back of that a was bar. Wild. That was wild. I'm like, I said, what in the world? Uh, and I would just say, man, I just saw her, you know, like, you know, and, and make that not too long ago. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah. that was so, such a pleasant surprise. Uh, talk to me about, uh, that Bob Evans farms, uh, you know, relationship, and then a, a little bit about the Damon John because that's uh, that's a biggie. That's a biggie. It's big. That was I fell out. Let me. I'll get. Uh, yeah, I fell out. I about caught the Holy Ghost. Just fell out. Um, so, you know, I tell people there's power in persistence and just not giving up. Because if I had given up early in my my entrepreneur career, because it's so hard, it, there's a lot going on. I was on active duty, so that was my number one priority. And to to run a startup that basically has taken off in this direction, you never thought it would be developing so fast and growing so fast and trying to manage it. I had days where I was just like, mm, you know maybe, maybe not. I, I, I want to take care of my family, but this is so stressful. We had gone to Shark Tank at the six month point. We made it all the way to Hollywood and taped an episode that never aired, but to have the experience of going there, uh, I think really helped me. I got rejected. So when people were like, Oh, you went to Shark Tank. And the most important part, I got rejected. I got all that way, went from May to September, preparing to be on Shark Tank, got there, and within 10 minutes of pitching, they're like, we're so glad you came here. Your story is so nice. No deal. And they were sweet about it. They were all really nice. They're like, we believe in you. We just, you know, you're six months old. There's nothing you can really prove to us with only six months in business. That's what it came down to. Right. And, I, and I don't think I was very convincing because I was still active duty and the military told me, do not go on national TV and quit your job. You will not quit the Air Force on national TV. So I'm in a dilemma because I can't tell them what they want to hear, which is, I'm going to leave everything and just do mutt sauce. Well, take that rejection in 2014. I keep just hammering at this thing, doing what I can. And then 2017, I went to Mick, but it was Dallas. Mm-hmm. And at they have like this Facebook group after you've been that you can exchange ideas with other attendees. And they said, today's the last day to sign up for this Bob Evans contest or given a grant to, you know, veterans. I was like, what? Okay. Let me just get in here real quick and apply real quick. It was the last day. And I I applied a couple weeks went by. I got a phone call that said I was being considered uh, as a finalist. And then uh, they said, keep your phone on and you might hear something in another week. And I was walking in a federal building and my phone rang and I almost didn't answer it because I was like, I don't know who this is, but they told me someone <laughs> might call. 
And I picked up the phone and said, hey, this is Damon John. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm being punk. I'm being punk. With the camera. <laughs> and he said, you, you've won. He said, you've won. And he said, you get a meeting with me. And I'm sitting there like, I got rejected at Shark Tank. Mm. And now I have won a meeting with a shark. No, no equity of my company being given up. Nothing. And he said, and you want to check for 25 grand. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I said, how much? Oh, so it was like, what's the interest on it? What I got to pay back? And he was like, no, it's just, just for you. There's no, it's just a grant. I'm like, wow. So that's how I initially met him was through the Bob Evans contest because they wanted to expand on their dedication to veterans. Bob Evans himself was an army veteran and they have a legacy of service tied into their mission uh, for the company. So they wanted to just find a way to give back to veteran entrepreneurs. There were three of us and we all went up to New York and we got to sit one-on-one with Damon John to talk about uh, how we're operating right now, you know, what we're going to do with the $25,000 and to, you know, what he thinks we should apply the $25,000 towards. Uh, and it was significant to me because I, had, when I went to Shark Tank in 2014, they tell you when you're prepping to prep your pitch for a specific shark, have one in mind. And mine was Damon because I lived with my granddad and my grandmom, but my mom wanted to be all independent. So she moved out of the house and we moved into the projects. I didn't know I was a project kid till I got to school and they're like, you're poor and teasing you and stuff. And uh, I said, I don't feel poor and disadvantaged. <laughs> I, my house is full of love. But growing up with humble beginnings and seeing his life being raised by a single mom and, you know, coming from the same sort of background and to hear his story, I would sell months off at the back of my Honda. He would sell t-shirts, food boot t-shirts at the back of his truck. So everything mirrored his, his upbringing and his path as an entrepreneur. And I wanted to learn from him and his advice was, um, embrace the power of broke he just had a book that came out he said embrace the power of broke don't act like you have money because when you come from humble beginnings and you get uh, what you think is a lot of money you get wasteful and you think you know you got to buy a five thousand dollar website and you got to you know i'm going to pay this consultant fifteen hundred dollars because i can he said you need to act like you are still broke and what you would do and how you hustle and how you make decisions when you don't have a lot. And he said, if it has a return on investment, that's what you focus on. You can't make money if you're not making much sauce. So you need to be manufacturing sauce. He said, and if you still got to take your Honda and do what you got to do, do that. But you can do contracts and things like that. You can sell your sauce in bigger quantities. Right. So I took that advice. Um, and people wonder, well, how am I still in touch with them today? Because one thing that I learned from coming from the that side of the tracks is you got to find the opportunity. There's an opportunity in every situation. I learned that he was coming up with um, another book called Rise and Grind, and he was looking for VIP brand ambassadors. I was like, for someone who did so much for me, I will promote all your stuff all day long. You just hand me the microphone. <laughs> So I went to his manager 
right after the meeting, I just walked up to him. I said, are there any more slots for the VIP brand ambassadors? I think it would be a good idea to use one of the Bob Evans winners. And he's like, that's a good idea. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so that's how we continued working together. Uh, and, and through that, you get additional mentorship. You get to see how it operates. And, um, you know, recently I, I learned that he, put me in his latest book, Power Shift. So the book Power Shift is about how to overcome any adversity, how to change your situation. In the time of COVID and the pandemic, entrepreneurs are looking at, what do I do? You know, I have to change my business model if I'm going to survive. I have to change up the way I'm selling stuff if we're going to survive and make it. What if things never go back to the way they were? People's shopping habits are now, you know, probably permanently altered because they know Mm -hmm. I don't have to go out. Look, there's thrive market. There's Kroger.com. Now there's Amazon delivery for food. Like I don't have to go to the store if I don't want to. They have gotten this feel of the convenience of online. So I've had to adapt and I've learned from him how to do that. Yeah. And Hey, I, that's how I got my bottle. Right. I, I went online and uh, I, I didn't have to go to Tennessee, although I, I would go to Tennessee. <laughs> There's only but, one store in Tennessee, too. <laughs> yeah. I, the, my granddad, he had this little country store that he loved growing up. And so I, I went to they don't even have let me tell you something. They don't even have an email address. That's how they've kept everything like circa 1950 something. All right. But, um, <laughs> I will have my cousin come and take a batch and drive to Tennessee and just have it on the shelf for people who knew him. That's nice. That is wonderful. Yeah. That experience with uh, Bob Evans farms and Damon, uh, John, uh, I know has been invaluable, uh, but you're right. And uh, for those uh, entrepreneurs out there or, or, or entrepreneurs at heart, uh, persistence is the key. Don't give up. Uh, don't let up. And just keep going, keep grinding. Um, so I saw that that you was in that in the next book. I was so happy for you, uh, and I know that uh, that's going to lead into other doors opening up. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the future, right? Uh, the future. What uh, what do you what do you have uh, in store? What are you thinking of? You know, uh, what's uh, being presented? Well, you know, COVID caused me to relook at my business model. And the one thing was I had a big retail footprint. We had just gotten into Kroger in Ohio. So we were in like 86 stores and we were in a couple of regional stores. So the way my business model was just in 2019 was probably 90% retail, 10% e-commerce. And most of my revenue was made doing uh, events and trade shows, food demos and festivals between May and September. And I normally would shut all my operations down around like March, April timeframe just to get organized and ready for the summer. I'm lining up, you know, who's going to be working these events and stuff. So um, last year, you know, I have this personal journey. I've been on just as a woman, like I wanted to have kids and And it was hard because I felt like the military had to put my whole life on hold. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to be a high speed officer, Mm -hmm. there's 
there's programs and timing of those programs and assignments and deployments and all this stuff. And, you know, you don't want to be left behind. So you take them and you do the sleepless nights and stuff. But what ends up happening is you don't get a life. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't get a life. And I was, you know, I was nearing 40 with, with nothing to show for it, but a divorce. So <laughs> I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, make this leap. So I say that because in March, my son was due. And when I finally had him, he had, um, it was like a rare form of jaundice. So I was in the hospital for an extra two weeks. But even with that, I'm thinking I'm going to take six weeks. We have this, the stores shut down, everything shut down until May. So I still have some time to spend with him before everything gets cranked up. But imagine you're there in the hospital and you keep getting these emails of everything being canceled. Every festival, every event that you have planned and paid for Mm -hmm. are all gone. And and you've lost your registration money because there's no refunds. So I'm like, everything is canceled. What is going on? (laughs) I had no idea. I was like, why is everything canceled? So as we're getting ready to leave the hospital, they're like, so there's this thing called coronavirus. And I'm like, coronavirus? <laughs> and you pamphlets and go online. Because I'm, I'm like, nothing is going to distract me from being in the moment with my son right now. He's right. sick. I got to get him well. So I didn't know how bad it was. They're like, they've declared it a pandemic. When you take him home, do not take him outside at all. When you go outside, limit it to like once a week, maybe, because it is serious and we don't know anything about it. So I'm like, I'm going home with a sick baby and a zombie apocalypse. And all of my, my money for the summer is gone. Gone. So, um. I know, I know a lot of my mentors, including Damon, were, have been talking about online and the power of e-commerce. So I was like, I'm hard-headed. And sometimes with entrepreneurs, you know, there's jumping off the cliff, but some people need to be kicked off the cliff. <laughs> and I'm getting kicked off the cliff and to make this dive into uh, online sales. And I, I, I'm home with my newborn at my laptop learning how to put my, you know, refresh my website, set up online marketing. I'm learning it. I was teaching myself at night in between feeding them. And, and that's, that's been my reality since March. And um, it, I think now we're in a rhythm. Our sales, I was really shocked even in June. I had more sales in June than I did last year between May and September. So the whole summer sales in one month yeah good deal i love it i love it you know, so then, summit- i was like wow it's the power of not being hard at it listen you might have a point so i wonder why they warn us right <laughs> that's uh it's wonderful to see that you have uh actually you know and, and it's funny because the pivot word has taken a new meaning before it was just a, you know, something you did to adjust. No, this is everybody at at, at the same time. Everybody has to do something uh, yeah. to change the way they do business in order to capitalize, uh, even in the situation that we are in. 
And so I, I'm, I sure am glad that you went uh, uh, <laughs> commerce or else I would have been waiting. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, a, it's great that you uh, have gone down that route because you're going to see it and, and you have already seen uh, the difference of actually uh, making some some positive steps to make sure that you adjust for the situation. And, and nobody knows uh, how far down the road we'll be with this. Uh, but at least now you're, you're still, you know, you're, you're still delivering and producing and, and getting the, the sauce into people's hands, which is a, a great thing. So, uh, uh, Charlinda, um, it has been an honor uh, not only to, to know you, have met you in person and now uh, speaking here on the podcast, but uh, thank you for your continued service. I know that you have uh, uh, signed on the dotted line again. Uh, and, uh, that takes, that takes a lot of commitment. Um, I applaud you for that, especially in the, you know, in the situation you're in now, um, you have your baby, you have this company, you know, Bill, I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Try care, honey. Try care. So I, and I believe you, I, I mean, I, uh, thankfully all my stuff with my retirement, uh, as you know, your grandpa would say, retire. I did. And, and it's been, uh, it's been a blessing to me. And, um, so can I, uh, I applaud you on your continued service. I applaud you on, uh, the, the things that you have done to keep your, uh, the much sauce family in the family. Uh, and I know that they are appreciative of that. And, uh, I just, uh, wish you all the best. Um, and I will keep continue to keep uh, track of where you're going uh, and how far you uh, you go. Uh, but uh, if you need anything on this end in Orlando, just uh, let us know, and we'll be sure to uh, to oblige. Hello. Hey. <laughs> I was like, where? Where did you go? It, it froze. You was frozen. I was like, oh, well. <laughs> I was gone. But that's cool because what um I could pick up from where it was. You stay right there. Okay. <laughs> frozen. <laughs> I was I was just like, you said I applaud you on your service. So I was like, thank you. Like <laughs> that's funny. But you'll you hear the rest of it on the replay. Okay. Um, well, thank you for having me. I really, I really appreciate this chat. Um, and, and thank you for letting me tell my story. Because that's the other thing I did learn was there's power in telling your story. Mm-hmm. And people need to hear that. They need to hear you testify. Because that might be what they need to give them the bravery to jump off the cliff into entrepreneurship. So, or to, you know, get past any adversity that they may be experiencing in their life that they think I can't be an entrepreneur because I'm going through a divorce. I can't do this because of X, Y, and Z, or I'm a mom. And those are your assets. Those are things that are being put into your toolkit of success. They're not those things that you need to, to um, have as barriers to success. So, um, thank you for for allowing people to have a platform to do that. 
Well, you are very welcome. I, uh, it is my honor and, uh, and I wish you all the best. And all those that are listening uh, to Charlinda's story, uh, I urge you to get online. It's available now. Get some mud sauce. Uh, it is still summer. It's summer all the time in Florida, so they got no excuse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and for everybody listening, as I normally uh, end the show, success to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'd love to hear suggestions for our future shows or any remarks you may have that will help us improve. Until then, success to you.